Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Hello, you're listening to Fulhamish Extra, your weekly extra dosage of Fulham FC content. I'm your host, Don Betts, and joining me in today's podcast is Jack Kelly and Joe Sansom. Coming up on today's show, we have a look ahead to Saturday's game at the Cossage against Huddersfield and speak to former Fulham captain Lee Clark. Joining us to look ahead to Saturday's game is Brady Frost from the Annie Takes That Chance podcast. And we started off by asking whether he thought Huddersfield's return to the Championship would have been as tough as it has been. I think as a fan base, we can be quite uh, pessimistic sometimes. But um, yeah, I don't think uh, seven games in one point is how uh, anyone saw the season going, um, even the most negative of us. But um, yeah, since the Cowleys have come in, it's um, it's yeah changed uh, quite positively, I'd say. So been a bit of a bumpy bumpy road but um i think if we can just you know i think we'll be safe now um and we'll just build on this for next season what is sort of the long-term sort of aim for Huddersfield? is it obviously to, obviously it'd be you know everyone's looking for poor promotion but is it just solidifying over for what maybe the next year or two then building with the cowleys and hopefully aiming for another promotion push in the, in the future yeah i think i think that's the that's the plan i think it's been quite um quite a difficult um, two years, I'd say. Um, our chairman, uh, Dean Hoyle, who was, was there at the club for, for years, um, he had to step down due to ill health. Um, the recruitment in the summer last season when we were in the Premier League was poor. So we've had a new chairman, we've had poor, you know, poor recruitment. So it has, um, it's taken quite a big effect on, on the club. Um, I think, yeah, we, again, I think it, Dan Cowley's had to work with a squad that um, on paper we've got quite a lot of players, but as it turns out, not a lot of players want to play for us in the championship. Um, so I think you know a couple of transfer windows where the, where Danny can and Nicky can get their own players and you know in their own style. I think a promotion push in the next two three years. I think that's what we're aiming for. But we just want to be a club that competes. Um, you know, and when we go for the turnstile on on a Saturday, you know, we want to know we have a good chance of winning. Um, I've seen quite a few Huddersfield fans seem quite relieved that um, Congolo's come to us and I saw that, um, I think it's Diakabi's gone to Nottingham Forest. Has this window been about um, letting go of some of the players that maybe didn't want to be there? Yeah, I think so. Um, Congolo's a really disappointing one, to be honest, because when he came in on loan um, from Monaco, um, he was he was unreal and he, he was just such a, so solid for us at the back. And it's it, to be honest, it's been really disappointing how it's turned out. Um, you know, I, I think he's a fantastic defender when he wants to play, um, and I think Fulham have got a you know a real player on their hands. He's he's great at the last last ditch tackles. Um, yeah, he's just he's just solid. But yeah, Diakabi uh, as well, um, absolutely rapid, um, can impress. But um, yeah, he's just not really quite done it done it for uh, Huddersfield. But you know that doesn't mean to say he can't do it at Forest. Of course, uh, last season, one of the lowest points for us was actually losing to you 1-0. Uh, but since then, we've lo- we won the last two. So how do you see this one going on Saturday, given that you won last night, of course? Well, yeah, I mean, what, what a win as well, a 96-minute winner. Mm. I think, um, you know, obviously since we played you last, um, we've got a new manager in charge. Mm-hmm. And actually, it were, we seem to perform um, quite well against teams we're not expected to do well against. Um, like such as our nil-nil draw with Brentford, and we obviously beat them one-nil away. So I think we set up to kind of frustrate um, teams who are playing better than us and higher than us in the league. So 
I can see I can probably see it being a score draw one one. How have you found the Cowley brothers since they've come in? They came with a good reputation from doing very well at Lincoln City, taking them from the National League all the way into League One. Uh, how have they settled in? Are the fans happy with them? Yes, yeah, I'd, I'd say um, almost definitely. They seem to. Um, what's really important to Huddersfield is obviously the fan, the fan base. You know, we have. I know it's kind of a cliche, but we have a, a very loyal fan base and a very passionate. Um, and they seem to have come in and kind of, you know, expressed that and shown they're really grateful for that. And I think that's, you know, gone down really well with the fans. And I think we're realistic, you know, the position we're in, we're realistic and we just needed someone to keep us up. And I think we've not played the most attractive football at times, but again, we just don't want to do a Sunderland and go uh, <laughs> have two relegation, relegations in a row. So... Um, yeah, I, I think I have no complaints about the Cowleys. Other town fans I speak to, they're they're all happy, and yeah, I think you know we're just hoping for next season to push on and you know uh, not be in a relegation scrap. Obviously, we only in the home game last season we only just about beat you with with a one 0 victory and the whole penalty debacle when it came to us. What players in Huddersfield's team this season do you think are, are going to be the ones to cause Fulham the most issues on Saturday? Or is it simply be a case of Sunderland, not Sunderland, Huddersfield will uh, sit back and just try hitters on a counter-attack? Do you, do you think it will be your four players that are most likely going to be the key players for you in this game? Yeah, well, obviously I know a lot's been made of Carlin Grant and um, you know he has been fantastic for us this season and a season full of not a lot of positives. Um, you know, I think it's very important for him to um, score yet, uh, last night at Hull because he's gone for a couple of games without um, without doing so. So I think he'll be he'll be one to watch. I think some of the January signings, particular, uh, particularly Smith Rowe, he's brought that flair that we've um, desperately needed. So I think he'll be one to watch um, certainly. And again, it, it'd be interesting to see if we start with Steve Mounier or not because um, we've kind of been rotating between Fraser Campbell when fit and and Mounier. So, um, you know, Mooney has been quite, had been quite an impact off the bench for us this season. Um, and obviously, he's a big physical striker. Um, you know, so I think he could cause Fulham a few problems as well. Um, I saw that you also signed Richard Stearman. Um, he played for us a few years ago. I was wondering how he's got on so far. Oh, he's been fantastic. He, um, it's been a breath of fresh air, really. So, obviously, our captain, Christopher Schindler, um, you know, he's loved by pretty much the entire fan base. He's fantastic. Um, he's, you know, but he's a ball-playing centre-back and we played um, John, John Stankovic, who was also quite a similar player. Um, so Stim's come in, um, did a few, few cross turns against Brentford, but he's been incredibly solid. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, what a sign-in, you know, we needed that experience at the back. Um, yeah, and he just, you know, I, I think we're... So tough to have him, and I can see him being a real asset for us. So, what do you think is the key area that Fulham should be looking to target uh, Huddersfield on the weekend? What would you say your biggest weaknesses are? Um, well, actually, so um, our loan keeper from Liverpool, Gravara, um, he went off injured yesterday, so it doesn't look like he's going to uh, with a concussion. So it doesn't look like he's going to play on Saturday. So uh, probably likely we're going to have Joe Coleman in goal, um, who. I, I don't think he's quite cut out for championship. He's more of a, I'd say, high league one player. Sorry, Joel, if, uh, if it does ever get to you. But, uh, yeah, so I think, obviously, our, our keeper, um, that would be an area to target. I think we have been a bit solid, uh, more solid defensively, but um, although we've really improved on um, 
scoring from set pieces was still a bit shaky. Um, and our right back area, Danny Simpson's come in um, and done a pretty good job. But uh, Bakuna, who's a midfielder, played at right back last night. So again, he's not uh, well. He's not his preferred position. So if I was Fulham, that's kind of the area I'd target. Uh, Brady, I know Scott Parker listens to this show every week, so thanks for giving away the secrets there. Mm-hmm. But all right. you said one all. Is that the score prediction you're going with? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think we, like I say, we, we're performing really well against teams that we're not um, expected to get much from. And um, yeah, a lot of fans, particularly Brentford, the, were not happy with how we played at Griffin Park. So. I think we're we're set up a, a way to frustrate teams, and I think um, yeah, if you're in the home end at Craven Cottage, it might be a frustrating afternoon. Um, but yeah, I, again, uh, I think one-one is probably uh, how I see this game going. Would you like the latest Fulham breaking news straight to your phone? I thought you might. If so, sign up to the Fulhamish WhatsApp channel, and you'll receive regular match day updates, transfer updates, breaking FFC news, and podcast alerts. It's 100% free and you can opt out at any time if you want. To sign up, go to fullermish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp and follow the instructions. That's fullermish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp. It was a pleasure to be joined by former Fulham captain and Huddersfield boss Lee Clark. And we started by asking him what he's made of Scott Parker's transition from player to manager. I've been very impressed. I think uh, he obviously... He got to know the group just as they were going down from the Premier League and he's built his own squad and uh, they've quietly got on with their job. They've had a few little bumps in the road, but, uh, you know, they're looking a strong team, especially at Craven Cottage. Obviously, you know, we're looking, we're, looking for, we're looking for top two automatic promotion this season. Do you think where Fulham are in the table right now is sort of where you'd expect them to be at sort of this stage in the season? Um, I think that's, they'd be happy with that. I think, I mean, everyone would prefer to be top and clear by 10, 12 points. But, uh, you know, that's not always the easy thing to do. But uh, I think where they are at the moment, they're, they're ready to strike and uh, they're still within touch and distance, obviously, of getting an automatic promotion position. But also, you know, consolidate if that doesn't happen to, to get the playoff position as well. Obviously, Tom Kearney's sort of been out of sorts over the last couple of weeks and some fans have been sort of have been po- have been pointing to him. Do you think... He, what do you think of him as captain? Obviously, being a former Fulham captain yourself, do you just think he's a a different type of captain to the likes of you know yourself and Danny Murphy? I, I think that many captains nowadays are completely different to what they were in, in possibly my DNA era. You know, I think, uh, but you always have different type of captains. And anyway, some who are leaders and, and, and vocal leaders, some who just lead by example. But uh, you know, obviously, in this day and age, I think it's. There's not a lot of vocal leadership. It's more um, just getting on with the job and trying to uh, be a good example to the rest of the players then. So I don't think there's... Uh, I think that's... If you ask coaches and managers now, if they find it difficult and they do say that there's lack of leadership in, in a lot of teams going... And I think that's just in general or across the board. Um, we've obviously recently signed Congolo from Huddersfield. I wondered what you thought um, of that in terms of if it's a good signing or not. He played against Man City on Sunday and despite the scoreline, he played quite well, uh, most Fulham fans think. He can't play he's on an, Saturday. He's an, he's an athletic defender. He's obviously, he can clear a central defence or in full-back or he can clear uh, in, in, a, in a back three as well. So I think he gives Scott the fertility in those roles and cover as many positions. And as I said, he's, he's an athletic defender, which is 
you know, very important in, in the day's game at the speed it gets played at. And um, <clears throat> I think uh, it, it could be a good acquisition. Uh, but it seems to me that Scott's trying to build a team with high energy, lots of pace in it, especially uh, in the wide areas. So, um, you know, he, he, he ticks the boxes of being an energetic player, you know, and a, and a good a good athlete. Uh, we've got the game on Saturday coming up against Huddersfield, of course, one uh, last night against Hull. Uh, do you think they've turned a corner? Actually, they're under some severe relegation issues uh, earlier this season, but it seems like they have turned a corner. Well, I think the appointment of Danny Cowley was massive for them in terms of uh, him and his brother coming in and uh, a strong reputation he built at Lincoln. And he come in and he looks like he slowly but surely got them turned around, getting them, easing them away from the relegation worries. Um, and it probably is, you know, wouldn't, won't be as easy as game as, as it had it been a couple of months ago. So, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, giving Fulham a really tough test at the weekend. But uh, I believe Fulham will have too much quality for them. Obviously, we've signed Ivan Cavier and Bobby Reid on permanent deals this summer, which, not this summer, sorry, this, this January transfer window, which sort of would lead you to believe that Fulham are definitely looking back into the loan market to bring sort of players in. If you, look, you know, looking at the Fulham squad right now, do you think there is a particular area that we need to strengthen, particularly? Um, I mean, to, I think the manager, and, and obviously Scott being the manager, he'll be the one who will be looking and thinking, well, goals, you know, it's massive to get uh, someone to, to to score something out of nothing, someone being creative in the final third. So I think he might be looking in that area to get that type of player, you know, of, of the team being a little bit over-reliant on, on Mitrovic for his goals and can they get them from somewhere else and those tight games when they're a nil-nil or you're a one-one and you need someone to produce a little bit of magic in the final third, can you get that type of player in? And obviously, Caviero and Reed are they those type of players, or is there someone else out there in the market? I mean, it's a, I've worked in this market myself as a manager, and it's it's a very very tough one, um, especially when you're going for attacking players and goal scorers. The prices go up crazily, um, and, and nobody really wants to release those type of players in any way. But uh, so, you know, I would say if, if if he wanted that special player in terms of the top end of the pitch, I think that's why he'd be trying to look to, you know, to try and win those games to bridge the gap from the points that they need to get to the top two. Lee, you played for Fulham for some very successful years coming up into the Premier League. Do you, is the Premier League where Fulham Football Club belongs? Absolutely, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, you know, great club, great times. Um, we went in there as well and, and we competed very well. I mean, uh, you know, the season where we finished ninth, which was the, the club's highest position at the time, obviously since being beaten by uh, Roy Hodgson's team. But uh, if you remember, going into this January window of that season, we were in the top four. But unfortunately, on the last day of the window, Louis Sahar got sold to um, Manchester United, which was a, 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 a huge loss for us in the system we created. Louis was massive in that uh, 4-2-3-1 system we were playing at that stage and uh, was really pivotal to us so who, who knows where we could have finished uh, even higher than the ninth we did which was a great finish at the time obviously later down the line uh, you know getting um, getting the club into Europe as well and competing in Europe so it was it's 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 without a doubt it's Premier League club it deserves to be there the support does, deserves to be there and uh Especially with the renovations of the of Craven Cottage going on now with the Riverside stand, it's going to have a 
you know, it, it, it fantastic new look to it as well. So want to hopefully get them back up this year. And, and if that doesn't happen, what happens to Scott Parker? Does he keep his job or, or do we look elsewhere? Well, that's a big question. When you know, it's a, it's a fantastic job to have. It's a great job for Scott to have as his first job, but it comes with uh, intense scrutiny and, and pressure. Uh, but that's what happens when you're working for a club that's going to back you with uh, funds to strengthen the squad, with the infrastructure and the facility. Um, so who knows? It, de- it depends what the remit was, what he got off the owner and the directors. Was it to build the club up after a disappointing season in the Premier League and start getting some value on the pitch with the, the type of players they have, younger type of players who they can sell on further down the line to reinvest in the squad or was the remit we want to get up straight away um, so you know that that's this million dollar question um, so it depends how the rest of the season pans out if he can get them and keep them at least in the playoffs or Certainly, if he gets him in the top two, he keeps his job. But if he keeps him in the playoffs, and they can, you know, challenge really strongly in that. And if the worst was to come to the worst, and you know, give them an opportunity again for next season to continue the rebuild. Looking at you know our midfield, our midfield three, that you know it seems to be sort of ever changing due to you know injuries, suspensions, and so you know we've got the likes of you know you got Kearney, you've got Harry Arter, you've got Josh Onama, you've got obviously Ken McDonald, Harrison Reed. When you're looking at midfield, what would you what would you say is the most balanced option we have? Well, I think uh, a fit and firing Kearney, certainly in the championship, is is, is top quality. Is as you said before, sounds like he's just having a little bit of an indifferent time at the moment. But uh, you know, he has he is a class act. Um, I think um, Kevin Macdonald couple of years ago was playing some of the best football of his career in that little bit of a deeper role um, so you, you, you know but you know Harry Hart as a proven player is that the three that you go with with McDonald and then those other two playing is, is playing with two number 10s in front of McDonald so you've got the players who can break break the lines from those positions and Kenny and uh, Harry Hart and Harry Hart are probably being a little bit more box-to-box than Kearney, so you've got all three of them complement each other. I think that's what you've got to try and do, uh, have players who who, who complement each other in, in, in the middle of the pitch, you know. So um, and, and remember some of the midfield players and the midfield combinations are played in. You had likes of Sean Davis, who was suited to the defensive midfield role, Myself and John Collins either side of that, and we had the experience that Sean Nevis didn't have because he was a young player. But we all had different strengths that we, we complemented each other very well. And later down the line, Sylvan Lewinsky come into that as well, you know. So it was, uh, you know, that's what you're looking for as a manager. You want you want those three in the middle. Not to be all similar, you want them to have different combinations so they can affect the game. Lee, the guys were saying before that they dislike VAR so much they almost don't want to get promoted to the Premier League just to not have to be involved with it. What's been, what's been your opinion of VAR so far this season? Well, I, I think it could be brilliant. That the, the big word is could be. And I totally agree with the ex-manager when he was doing his punditry a few weeks ago, Graham Souness, when he said about these offside incidents, if there's any part of their body of the attacker that's onside, it should stand as a goal. Because the initial laws of the game and offside when you started playing was the benefit of the doubt should always be given to the attacking player. 
And I think the biggest emotion in a football match certainly is when you play it and you're playing in front of thousands of people and you score a goal. It's it's it's, one of, it's the best feeling you can have as a professional footballer, as a professional sportsman. But as a footballer, scoring that goal. Now, you stand there waiting. Sometimes I've seen it this season, waiting five, six, seven minutes to decide if you're ready to celebrate the goal. It's just taking the raw emotion out of the game. And it's being used for too many incidents. So, yeah, the word is could be, could be, could be a great thing for football, but I just don't think it's being used in the right manner at this moment in time. I couldn't agree more. Now, Lee, before we let you go, just finally, a score prediction for Fulham-Huddersfield Saturday at three o'clock. I'll go for 2-0 Fulham. Fulham. Came to us on loan to bring us straight back up. Cavalero, Cavalera. Came to us on loan to bring us straight back up. As per usual on our Love Sport radio show, every Wednesday night on Love Sport London, 9 until 10pm, we answer a load of your listener questions from Instagram. So make sure you're following us at Fulhamish Pod if you want your question to make it onto the podcast. From Dan Collier, uh, thoughts on being linked with Villa's Yotta? I mean, if he scored in the last minute against Brentford, it'd be, it'd be, it would be quite funny. Or, or yeah. we sign him in the last minute of Deadline Day and say Yotta in the last minute. That'd be yeah, it, it, I, I, I mean, I don't see the need for him personally. Mm. I don't think he's that good. Like, I don't, I think, well, no, he was for Brentford, but for Birmingham Villa, I think he's been very poor. If we were signing him a couple of years ago, when I thought we were signing him, oh, yeah. then it'd be brilliant. <laughs> when we yeah. did sign him, sorry. But sadly, he went to Birmingham and um, he, I think he was okay. I think he did fine there, but he just looked like he, a very I, average I don't championship think he improves player. Improves the team. I think. I think it depends for me if he play if he can play as an attacking midfielder. Um, I'm, I don't know if he can. I always thought of him as a winger. Yeah. Um, I feel that with Tom Kenny not playing as well lately and the few injuries we've got, I do feel that if we're going to get someone else in, I'm hoping that it will be someone that could play in that role, if not a striker. So if he can fill that void, then I obviously understand us bringing him in. But if he's just another winger, then I don't really understand the point of it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Okay, Sledgy9. What do you think the centre-back pairing will be? Well, if we're looking beyond this weekend, I think, obviously, with Ream and Congolo, one being ineligible and one being suspended, I would imagine Hector and Congolo is what I'm thinking. Um, it won't be Alpha Mawson. It, no. it won't be in the, in, in, in the conversation. But then, yeah, I th- for me, I, rec- I reckon Congolo and Hector with, you know, I'd have Cyrus Christie on the right and Dennis Adoy Ado- on the left. Unless Cyrus Christie goes to, to Roma. Roma. That rumour that came out from Demarcio <laughs> last week. I can't remember, I can't, maybe it was on Sunday evening, I think, possibly. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> someone else picked up on it yesterday, though, and um, it was something to do with if Roma lets someone go, and I'm pretty sure that they were getting rid of someone. So you never know. I mean, there could be something to it. Where, where I, does the scouting network just go? And yep, Cyrus Christie, yeah, he's the man we need to bring in to sort out our right-back issues. Because he can't even sort out our right-back issues. So I don't know how he's going to help Roma. Do you think it's going to be a pairing or a three at the back? Because Parker's dabbled in a three, hasn't he? I just think every time Fulham play three at the back, we're rubbish. Yeah, I think it will be a pairing. I think the three at the back thing was... I, I mean, think, it, didn't, it didn't happen for I long it, against City. I think it but, works yeah. maybe a tactical shift in game when you're chasing the game or you're trying to protect the game with five defenders. But I don't think it's a, a formation or a system that works for us tactically where we, we use this sort of going forward, if that makes mm. sense. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that the five at the back was against City because we were just trying to defend against them. Well, and no one really knew got... what formation that was. There's about four fullbacks playing, two centre mids, two <laughs> wingers, yeah. three centre backs. No, no one really had a clue what formation we were playing there. And I think it was basically just defend for your lives is basically what it was. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think three at the back is something we'll switch to in the later stages of games as opposed to starting from the, the, the front of the game from the first whistle. Max T, 1998. Is our away form a worry? Um, I mean, it's mixed. I can't remember, I was trying to think of the last time Hull. we went away. Hull was our last league oh, one. Oh yeah, it was so Hull and then we had Charlton, which was a draw and then obviously lost to City. I don't think it's a concern for now. I think um, Blackburn and Millwall are big tests coming up. Blackburn are quite strong at home, but they don't have Bradley Dack. Uh, but Jordan, not Jordan Graham, <laughs> Danny, Graham. <laughs> Danny Graham will probably come up with a couple. Um, Millwall was always a threat and if you can um, keep them quiet for the opening 20, then you can try and take the initiative. But... Yeah. It's not a worry. It's just a, a slight concern. Yeah, of course I, I like I like that. It's not worrying yet. <laughs> We're just a slight concern. We'll go through to worry if there's another few games without a win. Uh, David Gad has asked, "What do you make of Slav's old assistant coming back as Tony Khan's new assistant? And do you think Tony's going to step back?" Well, he hasn't been doing anything anyway, so he's, he wouldn't exactly be stepping back. I think that it, Javier Pereira is great to get him in, not just because we'll have an actual director of football kind of person who's actually on the training ground every single day, but because he knows the club. He was here in a successful period when we got promoted. He'll know all the players, and it's his one of the things in the statement which we pointed out earlier on in the show where we were talking about him bringing a philosophy into all the different teams. I think it's a good thing. I think it's as best as we can get of getting a new director of football in without getting a new director of football in. Yeah, I agree. And I also really like him because I remember in the playoff final it was about it was one minute to go and he pulled someone over, I can't remember who it was, and he literally just shouted in their face one minute to go and then threw a water bottle at them <laughs> to just sort of liven them up and since then I've wanted him back. So, Do you think he'll be able to do that from the director's box though? Probably not, but when we were winning 1-0 with one minute to go against Huddersfield, um, he might come yeah, down. chuck one yeah. down from the, from, <laughs> from the Throw his clapper on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, LPS underscore one has asked, any last minute transfers you want to happen? I think... With I think the injury to Mitrovic and obviously Bukar Kamara being out at the same time hasn't helped, but I think a backup striker and I don't know I know you know if if Mitrovic does come off in games later on in the season you can you know move Boyer into the middle and have Knockart and Caviero each side of him, but for me I'm looking at a backup striker and I think a backup fullback specifically on the left hand side. Yeah, Joe and I were talking on our way here. We're talking about Matthias Vidra and how Burnley have. Um, put Narky Wells back in the team and apparently Vidra is available so mm. maybe we can go in for him and um, Pereira had Vidra when he was in the Watford set up with Chikanovic so I mean we don't know if there's anything to that no, at all we've literally made this up yeah he's put two and two together <laughs> and got six yeah, yeah. <laughs> well like, the thing is Vidra Vidra is a good championship striker if you go up will he be able to lead the line in the Premier League? No. Potentially not, but for the rest of this season he'll get a few goals I just think that's the sort of player we should be looking at someone like that personally rather than someone like Yotta, I think someone that is a bit more deadly in front of goal that could maybe not even don't even just have to play striker but could play striker could play just behind the striker even and just gives us something a bit different because with Mitrovic out we've just been a bit a bit toothless so yeah and our final listener question is from Alistair Nemo Parker and K-Mac managerial dynasty thoughts we don't need Parker if you've got K-Mac you know he's, he leads the club <laughs> 
He's the leader out. He's the leader in the pack. He's not the. Let's face it. He's the real captain. TC's not the real captain here. Yeah. And you know, everyone seems to love Kevin McDonald. I think it's been great to see his sort of resurgence in the last month or six weeks or so. But he's come back into the side. Feel like he's finally recovered from post promotion party, <laughs> and he's finally started playing football again. He, he, his hangover might have finally disappeared. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's good to see him back in the side because everyone's sort of writing him off. And oh, he's, he's, his legs have gone. He's not. He's got to pace of the game. But you know, he's sh- he's shown that. He is still a very, very good championship holding midfielder. Well, yeah, I mean, earlier in the season when we were all talking about, oh, what's the best three to play in midfield? I know we're still talking about it, but I didn't even think of McDonald as an option, really. I thought his legs had gone. I just didn't think that he was up to it anymore. I think a lot of other people had the same opinion. And he's come back in in the, um, I mean, in the Villa game in the Cup, yeah. but then against Hull in the league. And he just completely proved me wrong. He just, I think he, he still epitomises everything that was good about that promotion team and that just it was... As good as we were going forward in that season, he was always there to sweep up all the attacks coming back at us. And I just think that he's perfect for that role. Yeah, he is a fan's favourite for for a reason. Like he came into the team, I think in the season before we got promoted and um, just stood out and was very, very good. And it led us to promotion and, and hopefully he can keep on playing. Hello, I'm Breda Hangelen and you are listening to the Fulhamish Podcast. That's it for this week's Extra Podcast. Thanks for Jack Kelly and Joe Sanson for joining me and hope to see many of you at the game on Saturday as possible. Come on, you whites, up the Fulham and we'll see you on Monday for a full debrief of the action.